Welcome to the Hope Restored Podcast. This podcast will tell the story from our small disaster relief ministry, tie it to a biblical principle, and encourage you in or to your personal walk with Jesus. We pray that this podcast will help restore your hope. You can follow us on Facebook at Hope Restored Ministries, or check out our webpage at www.hoperestored.org. Our video podcasts can be found on YouTube. Simply search for YouTube, Hope Restored Lessons from the Storms. And we can be reached by email at podcast at hoperestored.org. Hey, and welcome back to the Hope Restored podcast. It's great to have you back. In June of 2013, we were up in Fort Collins, Colorado, and we were preparing to help with our first fire cleanup effort. Never done one before. We spent a few days setting up the camp and building sifters, working in the disaster relief center, meeting people and finding out what their needs were. And as the weekend approached, we were gearing up to go into the fire zone and start the assessment and cleanup process. But Friday brought just extremely high winds. They whipped up the fire and caused unexpected flare-ups, and thousands of additional acres were lost. The end result was not only more devastation, but it also a delay of several days before we'd be able to even get into the work area. So Susan and I decided that we would return to the comfort of our home. We only lived about two hours away, and we thought, well, we'll go home, sleep in our own beds, and then when it's time, we'll come back and work. Well, we finished the preparation work we'd been doing for the fire relief on Saturday, just after lunch, and we started for home. On the way home, our cell phone rang. It was a friend of ours who wanted the code to our garage so he could get our cat out of the house. There was a fire in the hills, and he was sure it was close to our house. Well, we thanked him for his concern and told him we would send our son Matt by to check on things. Well, Matt called a few minutes later and told us he'd been by the house. Everything was fine. People were out mowing their lawns and kids were riding their bikes. Yeah, there was a plume of smoke, but it was way off and it looked really small. We called our friend back and assured him that everything was fine and thanked him for the heads up. Less than an hour later, he called back. Oh, yep, he called back. He was absolutely panicked. He described how the plume had grown so much larger and how it looked like it was right at our house. So again, we called Matt and again he agreed to drive by and check the circumstances. A few minutes later, our cell phone rang, and Matt asked, What do you want me to grab? The fire was on the move, and the danger looked imminent. We were only a few miles from home, stuck in a traffic jam. As we talked to Matt, and we told him what papers to grab and where the cat carrier was, we were feeling the panic rise when we talked to him, and the traffic slowed from a crawl to almost a dead stop. Then we could see it. The plume. The plume towered over the hills near where we lived. It looked angry and black. We could see it growing as we watched. We were supposed to be the disaster relief workers, ministering to those who experienced the worst. We are not supposed to be the ones needing ministry. When we finally made it home, Matt had our evacuation almost complete. An evaluation of the situation placed the fire at a safe distance from the house, even though it appeared very close. The fire had burned about four miles outside of the city for three days, destroying thousands of acres and threatening the nearby homes. Well, on Tuesday, June 26th, the fire burst over the ridge and into the homes in the mountain shadows and neighborhood. By the time the fire was finally contained, over 18,000 acres were burned, over 30,000 people had been evacuated, an elderly couple had been killed, and 347 homes 
were completely destroyed. Once the fire was out and the neighborhood rendered safe, we could start to do the cleanup. And so we started with managing teams of volunteers. A large ministry agreed to send a truck with supplies, an office manager, a tool manager, and a program manager if we agreed that we could work out all of the assessing and volunteers using local resources. We prayed and I quickly agreed to take on the challenge. When the project started, Susan and I were the only two assessors and the only two volunteers. By the time the ministry truck arrived, God had started to flow volunteers. Teams sifted through the ash in an attempt to recover items of value. God provided volunteers. God provided leaders, assessors, and workers. And within the first days, there were five teams of 25 to 30 volunteers that would work each day. Soon, it just became overwhelming. We were assessing properties, briefing large groups of incoming volunteers, setting up trucks with tools and supplies at the beginning of each workday, running teams and working with the teams, bringing a devotional at lunch, facilitating a share time, unloading the trucks at the end of the day and cleaning up the tools. Every day, God brought the volunteers to help. And every day, God gave us the endurance to finish. We were asked, why work so hard? Why press into a task that seems so overwhelming? I guess these are good questions. And if we look at it with the eyes of the world, we'll probably never really understand it. But if we stand back from the task with an eternal view, we see things differently. In Galatians 6, verses 7 through 10, Paul writes, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially those of the household of faith. We endure the overwhelming task because it is the effort of the Spirit. God has given us the task and will provide the strength to complete what He wants done in the timing He wants it completed. Enduring the effort is sowing to the Spirit, and as we sow, we will reap. When we sow to the Spirit, we'll reap the fruits of the Spirit. Paul told us about those fruits in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. We also plant the seeds of the gospel, the good news that there is grace and mercy in a personal relationship with Jesus. Today, are you feeling a bit overwhelmed with all that's going on? Are you starting to feel a bit weary? Is it time to reevaluate? Are you doing the right things? Are you out serving people? How will you deliberately think and intentionally act as you press into your personal relationship with God to stay engaged with a task and not grow weary? That's what we have for today. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and we hope to see you again on a new and upcoming broadcast of Hope Restored's Lessons from the Storms. Blessings. Thank you for participating in the Hope Restored podcast. We pray that you are encouraged by God's Word today. You can follow us on Facebook at Hope Restored Ministries or check out our webpage at www.hoperestored.org. We can be reached by email at podcast at hoperestored.org. 
We'd love to hear your questions, suggestions, and comments. Our video podcast can be found on YouTube by simply searching YouTube, Hope Restored Lessons from the Storms. Our prayer is that in some way, this podcast has helped to restore your hope. We hope you'll join us again for our next Hope Restored podcast and share with a friend. Blessings.